eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Tim Fitzgerald at gopowercat.com. And I'm Scott Jason with fog.net. This is a replay of WIBW's TV show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I am Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com, and the man across the studio from me is Scott Chasen of Fog.net. Scott, if I wanted to take off a shoe and mm. throw it at you, I could probably reach you, yeah. but you're kind of far away. You know, well, you'd get a 15-yard penalty, as we learned, even though some might consider that a football play somehow. I'm not really oh, sure we can get Dan Mullen on the phone, and maybe he can tell us. Kids, when tackling your opponent, do not disrobe them and throw their clothing. Do not. Little, little football tip. You can interact with us on social media at facebook.com slash the drive show, on Twitter at the drive 13, and of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our Twitter page. And it, remember, if you ever miss an episode of the drive, you can listen to an audio only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at both gopowercat.com and fog.net. And we will start things off with our two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Well, Kansas basketball went 2-0 last week, defeating number eight Creighton by one and Nebraska-Omaha by a mere 45. (laughs) Scott, which win told you more about the Jayhawks? Well, that's a great question because if it's normally, I feel like it would be the, the, you know, ranked win, the top 10 win that you get. You close it out by one point. And look, there were some things to learn in that game. Jalen Wilson was, again, uh, fantastic. Kansas kind of had to mix it up with their scheme defensively, played some drop coverage, something they don't often do to kind of defend all the Creighton offensive weapons. A freshman in Bryce Thompson, uh, he played a significant role, played late in the game despite a turnover. And you see there actually gets to stay on the floor, initiates the play that leads to the game-winning Jalen Wilson three-point basket. And, and yet, Fitz, I, I would argue that the, the things I learned more about Kansas basketball over the last week actually came from a 45-point blowout win. You see they survive right there with the free throw against Creighton. Uh, against Nebraska-Omaha, you know, look, everything looked good. A bunch of guys played minutes in the teens because uh, they didn't need to play more. Kansas could use its depth. Ochai Abaji went scoreless against Creighton. He bounced back with 18 points in the next game. He scored between 13 and 18 points in every game this year except that Creighton game. I think it's safe to call that one a one-off. Uh, David McCormick, an 11-point, 11-rebound double-double. He was big inside. Mitch Lightfoot came off the bench, had his best game of the year. Uh, he had 14 points, 7 boards. He took a charge, uh, 3 blocks. He was everywhere. 
This was a game uh, where it simply all came together for Kansas, and they looked like a top five team, Fitz, I'd argue, for the first time this season. Uh, a good team can beat a great team on the right day, especially if that great team doesn't make shots. Uh, you know, a, a great team can beat a great team, or you can have close games, you can go back and forth. Uh, but if you're going to be a top five, a top ten team in the country, you need to have performances where you come out and your eighth man looks better than the other team's best man. And, and that's what you saw for this Kansas game. Uh, a 45-point win was absolutely what they wanted to close non-conference play, uh, except for the Big 12 SEC Challenge. That will come later in the year, uh, obviously. To me, Kansas looked like a top five team for the first time this season. And so I would say I learned more from that than maybe that close game, although I think you can learn lessons from both. K-State plays Omaha in a couple weeks. I think that game will be a lot closer. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> on the topic of K-State, K-State followed up a, a dreadful loss to Fort Hayes State with a one-point win over Bruce Weber's alma mater, Milwaukee. Fitz, how bad was the loss to Fort Hayes State, and did the Wildcats properly bounce back? Well, it's interesting. Uh, I think that loss to Fort Hayes State, and I know some people will point to UMKC under Jim Wildridge and find some other games was the worst loss in about 75 years at K-State basketball. How long is that? That goes all the way back to Nichols Gym um, before Ahern Fieldhouse and Ramage Coliseum. Hayes came out and played a tremendous game. So all credit to Fort Hayes that really shot the ball out of its mind, but K-State kind of went through the motions. It's young players learned a really painful lesson that you have to bring it each night. Um, and you just mentioned that. If you're the much better team, you still have to deliver. You have to play. Uh, a really good sound game and K-State kind of went through the motions and, and really didn't look well defined. They didn't seem to know what anyone on the court wanted to do, could do. Mike McGurl, the lone senior, actually played really well and continued to show great leadership. Uh, even after the defeat, he immediately called a team meeting, said, guys, this is intolerable. This is horrible. Uh, and they came back on Friday night to play uh, a Milwaukee team that had its first two games canceled from uh, COVID concerns and was playing its first game also with a young roster. So let's not pretend that Milwaukee was some kind of great opponent because they really weren't. The Panthers are, are really trying to rebuild themselves, but K-State looked much better, looked more passionate maybe about playing college basketball, and they had three freshmen and a sophomore in the starting lineup along with McGurl. And it was those freshmen that really stepped forward for K-State and looked good. And even though it ended up being a 76-75 win as Milwaukee closed it up at the end, K-State showed some real signs of hope. And that's really what we're looking for in this season. Davion Bradford, the seven-footer, completely dominated at 18 points and seven rebounds. Uh, Selton Miguel put in like 16, 17 points. Uh, they had four newcomers, including junior college transfer Rudy Williams, lead them in scoring, and McGurl also made it in double figures. So the good news is they looked better. The bad news is they jump into Big 12 play mm -hmm. this week, and we'll see how that goes. Yeah, Fitz, I've, I've been really impressed with McGurl. I, just what I've seen with him so far, uh, it seems like he's really taken that next step for this team. Uh, he has really taken a lot of leadership on this team. It's, boy, they need it. Mm -hmm. Well, Coach K came out this week and expressed some discomfort with playing out the college basketball season during a pandemic. Let's take I it. I would on. just like for just for the safety, the mental health, and the physical health of our players and staff for their like to assess where we're at you know in our our country today we should get updates as to how many how many programs are on pause a week how many cases there were what's going on and instead of uh, just plowing through 
What do you think about where things stand right now, Scott? Well, I think he has some interesting points to make. And, you know, Bill Self was asked about the same topic, too. And, and he said, yeah, hey, Coach K has a little bit of a point. But he also kind of painted the argument, too, that players might be in a safer scenario at some places than they would be just kind of out with their families, out on college campuses. Because right now things are secluded. They're, they're being tested in the Big 12 three times a week on non-consecutive days. Um, and there really is kind of this effort to keep everyone inside, keep everyone spaced out, and there's motivation to do it. It's one thing to ask players and say, hey, please do this, but it's another thing to say, hey, you won't get to play your season. You know, you're a, a top five, top whatever team in the country. You won't get to play if you don't do this. So uh, I think there are merits uh, on the arguments on both sides. It is weird, though, um, and you're starting to see programs really all across the country shut down fits, including um, I think Baylor's taking a step back. I think. Uh, Tarleton State, who Kansas was supposed to play, uh, had a positive test. So um, there, there's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of unknown right now. Well, just because of the mathematics of a basketball roster versus a football roster, a case or two is going to greatly impact a basketball team more so than a football team. I mean, usually there's a backup. There's you know there's two backup quarterbacks that at least can play. So if you lose that guy, you got someone else. It may not be great, but with basketball, you lose your roster pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I completely disagree with Coach K, and a lot of people have gotten on him because that statement came after another home loss, two home losses in a row. So it does have a sense, a feel that I just don't want to play because we're not winning. Uh, But I'll say this, there really haven't been any serious consequences from student athletes uh, getting COVID. Uh, And if you ask your players, they want to play and they will do what they need to do to play. And it's just going to take a time for, you know, a little period here for the players to adjust to being a little bit more responsible in their activities. It's, it's very difficult, though. Mm-hmm. Now, a quick look at your poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate. Well, last week's question was, who do you believe is the best player on KU basketball? And if you had asked Bill Self, he would agree with the viewer responses. He said so this week. Jalen Wilson. Fitz, I'm surprised by the percentage I here. Too. Not by the answer, but the percentage. 57% of the vote. Next, Ochai Abaji, 19%. Marcus Garrett, 18%. And other, Christian Brown, anyone else, that's 6%. So about 60% of fans right now think Jalen Wilson is Kansas's best player. We appreciate the Jalen Wilson fan club voting. <laughs> this week's question is this. What happens first in Big 12 basketball play? A, number five, KU basketball loses a conference game, or B, K-State basketball actually wins a conference game. Vote on our Twitter page, at the Drive 13 and you might want to wait till after Tuesday. Yeah, well, I was going to say, hey, there's, a, <laughs> there's some decent little questions there that you could answer. You know, Iowa State coming up one way, and Kansas has a tough start. But uh, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill. We will be right back with more on KU and K-State on the Drive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
Welcome back to The Drive as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. Two-minute drill sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Scott, Kansas football's 2020 season has come to an end because Texas was scared to play. That's what I'm going with. The Jayhawks also have seen some names pop up in the transfer portal. What is the state of things in Lawrence after year two of the Les Miles era? Well, Fitz, you mentioned the transfer portal. I'll, I'll start there because a, a few names popped up over the last few days. Uh, none bigger than Andrew Parchment, the nice. star wide receiver, preseason first team All Big 12. Hey, look at this play right here. Ball bounces off a defensive back. It's a touchdown. That was only one of two touchdowns uh, on the year for Parchment, who was a deep play threat. Uh, and it's hard to be a deep play threat when quarterback play isn't very good. Uh, this was the season opener against Coastal Carolina. His other touchdown, a, a great catch. He was actually interfered with on the play. Uh, but again, quarterback play was not very good. Offensive line play was not very good. And this is a guy, Parchment, who kind of stuck, I would say, stuck with the team, kind of put on his, his leadership hat for a good part of the year. But then the frustration became very evident. You know, after one game, he talked about, I'm doing my job. I can't do anyone else's job for them. He shared some clips on social media of him being wide open downfield on pass plays uh, and a ball not being thrown to him. And the Jayhawks actually pretty notably missed him wide open deep downfield. So uh, he seemed like a guy who, with a chance to make the NFL, wanted to, to find a place that could probably better help him accomplish that goal. If it's big picture for Kansas, I don't think the transfer portal is a huge worry. I think a lot of guys will be in the transfer portal for a number of reasons. You know, it's expensive to, to keep all your seniors, and even if you go above that scholarship number, some places probably can't afford to do that. Uh, there will be some guys coaches talk to at every place and say, hey, you may not have a starting spot. You may not have a start on uh, a spot on the field. It may be in your best interest to transfer. Big question for me if I'm Kansas, uh, can can you, if you're Kansas, bring in, continue to bring in uh, the players that you think are going to help you build uh, even if that results in kind of these big losses. We've talked about week after week, if you bring in all freshmen, if you go with that full rebuild, it's going to look ugly on the field at times. Now next year, Kansas has to be better. Kansas has to win games, probably plural. Kansas has to show improvement. In the meantime, do recruits still want to come to Kansas? Can you keep enough players uh, and not have that attrition? to continue to build up your program. I think that's kind of the state of things. That's the question that's being asked. Well, if you're an upperclassman and they're continuing to reload, I kind of get it. Mm -hmm. You, you want to, you, your clock is about to expire. You want to win some games and have some good stats. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you have those, those NFL hopes. Yep. Well, uh, more players hit the transfer portal at K-State, but Fitz, how serious is this? Should K-State fans be concerned that so many players are wanting to head elsewhere? Yeah, well, K-State's into the teens now with transfer portal <laughs> players. Uh, from the beginning of the season to now. And that seems like a lot, and it it is. Uh, but really with college football right now, uh, this is pretty common. This is going to be an ongoing issue for everyone in college football. And we learned on Sunday that Charlie Brewer, the starting quarterback at Baylor, has hit the portal. Um, so this is really going to be an epidemic across college sports for a couple reasons. One, if you're a senior, you get a free season. Now, the interesting thing is, if you're returning for your second senior season, you would count on the other program's trans scholarship count, 85 scholarships. If you stay at your program, they get a bonus scholarship for you. So that's going to be a little interesting to see. A lot of these guys won't find uh, FBS homes. We've seen that in the past. If you're a three-star recruiter or less, you're probably going to play at the FCS level or lower. Uh, so you might be transferring right out of big-time college football and into something else that maybe will suit you better, but uh, you won't be on a charter plane. This is not an over, overly big concern for me. 
I see this as a, just kind of a natural progression of the Chris Kleiman establishing his program. Are there some guys hitting the portal like Joaquin Gill, receiver that you would like to have? Absolutely. But K-State will probably venture on the other side of the portal and go find a receiver or two, maybe a linebacker, maybe a defensive tackle. We will see how all that plays out, but there will be massive movement across all of college football this year. And folks, the NCAA is probably going to pass legislation allowing everyone in the game in college sports to take one free transfer. So not just graduate seniors anymore, everyone gets one free transfer. Oh man, there's going to be so many people moving, it's going to be chaotic. And the losers will be the fans because the quality of the game will probably drop when you're trying to infuse so many new players all of a sudden. This is going to be interesting, but everyone, calm down. <laughs> It's going to be okay. Yeah. Fitz, I think you're dead on with that. And, and kind of like I alluded to, there are like three kinds of transfers. There's the, I'm unhappy, I'm transferring. There's the, hey, you know, you've kind of used up your time here. Maybe, you know, get out the door. And then there's the, hey, we don't know what your spot's going to be. You might look into it. I, I think it'll be a mix of all three. I, I don't just think it'll be just people, you know, hey, I want more playing time. I'm leaving. Um, but I think you can transfer for a lot of different reasons. So I wouldn't read too much into to any one transfer. And I got to tell you, the transfer portal sounds really cool. <laughs> and it's not if you get stuck in it and you don't get another scholarship offer. Mm-hmm. And now let's step out of bounds. Out of Bounds is brought to you by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. Well, the Big Ten decided to change its rules to allow Ohio State to play for the league title with a 5-0 and record. Fitz, does Ohio State belong in the playoff uh, conversation in the playoff if it beats Northwestern for the conference championship? Well, there's no doubt they will be in the, the four-team playoff. It's a little absurd to me, Scott. Uh, yuck, I think they're a really good team, but I don't know that because I haven't seen it on the field. Their strength of schedule is absurdly bad because they really haven't played anyone of substance because why? The Big Ten's not very good this year. I mean, all respect to Northwestern, uh, they are my father's alma mater, they are the Purple Wildcats, but I don't think anyone's really truly fearing Northwestern on the football field. Oklahoma, or excuse me, Ohio State's gonna win that game and win it convincingly, and everyone's gonna say, see, they can beat good teams. Well, the Big Ten is caught up in this kind of what rules are for one team don't apply to another team. Mm-hmm. If this had been Nebraska, yeah, I'm talking to you Husker fans. <laughs> if this had been Nebraska that was 5-0, and okay, I'm living in a fantasy world for a moment, and they needed to play for the conference championship, no, the rules would not have been changed. It's very clear the Big Ten is playing favorites here. Good luck to Ohio State against Northwestern. You will be in the playoff. Maybe you'll prove to be a great team, but you haven't proven it on the football field yet. Yeah, and and I just add one thing to that and say, I think we can mostly agree we think Ohio State is one of the best teams in the country, of course, but you'd feel a lot better if there were eight teams in that playoff instead of four. Four is a pretty exclusive club. It's hard to sell that when Cincinnati's got a tougher strength of schedule and they're unbeaten. Mm -hmm. And now let's hear from the fans. Our fan question this week is... Do you think Mitch Lightfoot deserves to start over David McCormick? And that's from Matthew and Lawrence. Well, look, this is a question that a lot of people have been asking. He played a, a really nice game, and David McCormick has struggled to start the year. I think for Bill Self, the conversation and the question is still about improvement. Who gives you the highest ceiling? And Bill Self is, is still a believer in what David McCormick, a bigger body, can do, both as a lane protector. He won't be the rim protector, Lightfoot is, but he can protect the lane just with his sheer size and then offensively. I asked Bill Self, do you think improvement for David McCormick will be like a switch that flips? 
or do you think it will be kind of gradual improvement week over week? And Bill Self said both. He said he thinks it'll be very easy for McCormick to show a lot of improvement in a very short period of time. KU has about a week off. Maybe, maybe that's the time period he's referring to. But then he said from there he still wants to see more improvement week over week for the rest of the year. So Bill Self's not ready to give up on him yet. Uh, I would probably be willing to consider Mitch Lightfoot if it were me, but I'm not the coach of Kansas. I just talk about Kansas. That's a shame. That's really a shame you're not the coach. Remember to ask your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. When we return, we will look at our predictions here on The Drive. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back as we head down the home stretch of this week's show. Now it's time to take a look at our predictions. And remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. Let's look at last week's results. <laughs> we only ended up with one stinking game, and I missed it. Now I'm in last with Scott, and the viewers are leading. Finally at 500, someone looks respectable. It's incredible. It's incredible, Scott. Someone is at 500. Hmm. You're so bad at this. Now let's take a look at this week's games and start with Oklahoma minus five and a half versus Iowa State. Of course, this is the Big 12 football championship game. Scott? I will take Oklahoma. Sooners playing their best ball at the right time, even though they didn't haven't necessarily rolled into this final game, but they've been playing well. Okay. I will take Iowa State. I think the Cyclones might win outright, but I'll certainly take five and a half to cover with. Yeah, next is Kansas. This is basketball, a pick 'em at Texas Tech. Jayhawks starting the year with some tough competition there in Lubbock. This is really tough to pick basketball games this early because you really don't have a full feel for everyone. There's been so little non-conference. I'll take Tech, but I don't feel good about it. KU has struggled against Tech in recent years. I'll take Kansas, but yeah, I'm expecting a good one down there. Our last game of the week is also basketball, sort of. It's (laughs) Baylor at K-State, and we said Baylor has a 24.5 point favorite in Bramlage Coliseum. Scott Will Baylor win on Kansas State's home floor by 25 or more points? Here's the thing, and this is coming from the guy who covers Kansas football. I've seen it too many times. I can't pick the team that I'm like, well, it's too many points. No, give me Baylor. Don't love it, but I, I, I can't pick Kansas State until I see a little bit more from them. I'll take Kansas State. I don't know. I'll take them. I'll got it. We'll see what happens. K-State opens with Iowa State on Tuesday. That will give us a good gauge. (laughs) Again, make your predictions on our Twitter page at TheDrive13. And now it's time for our On the Clock segment. On the Clock is sponsored by Carpet One. Buy local for a strong local community. And let's start with Scott Jason of Fog.net. Well, I was really interesting with, uh, interested with how Marcus Garrett played in the last game. Marcus Garrett had dealt with illness that he tested negative for COVID-19 multiple times, but it seemed to be related to some kind of a breathing issue. And look, he only made one shot in the last game against Omaha, and yet I felt like the Marcus Garrett that we all know returned. He had eight assists. He didn't have a turnover. He had two steals. 
He terrorized opposing ball handlers. Marcus Garrett is known, uh, at least around these parts, for that type of play where someone's dribbling against him, and then he gets a little closer, and then that guy backs up, and he gets a little closer, and then he just takes the ball. He did that a couple times. Marcus Garrett's such a unique defender, such a unique talent for Kansas. Uh, I can't really recall seeing a defender who just goes and takes your ball much uh, like Marcus Garrett. So, Fitz, I think Marcus Garrett is back and rolling for Kansas. The offense will probably come after that. Well, folks, it's going to be a miserable basketball season. I've never said anything other than that. Search for signs of hope. Uh, Bruce Weber's been allowed this rebuild season by the powers that be, and he does indeed get to rebuild. The good news is I think he actually has parts with which to rebuild. This freshman class looks very promising and junior college transfer Rudy Williams looked good at point guard moving freshman Nigel Pack to the two guard against Milwaukee the other night. Be patient and a tip of the hat to Mike McGurl who is really proving to be mm-hmm. a special guy in that locker room. That's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We will see you next week right here and all week on social media.